Bulls fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast with me, MK, with Will, WG, and our producer, Lawrence Benedetto. LB, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm great. What is going on? We are HQing here on a Friday. It's no, about to get weird, friends. What is going on? It's about to get it's weird. Already, it's already pretty weird, Mark. <laughs> Well, look, we've got a fantastic, fantastic show in store for everyone today. We're talking Patrick Williams, aren't we? The whole episode, will we? We're talking hold, hold Patrick Williams. Hold still a second. Williams. I got to screenshot this and tweet it out. Okay, got it. Okay. But um, it, it's, it's a fun Friday, so I just thought it'd be a little bit goofy. But um, it's also August, and I wanted to do a bit of a test to see how many people were tuning into the show. And we could do, we could do that in a number of different ways, I suppose. But um, I guess this way particularly from a visual medium perspective, if people are tuning in, I think we'll hear about it. So um, that's why this is happening. But uh, if, if you don't know what, what I'm talking about and you're listening to it just by audio, we'll just come to the CHDO Sports YouTube page later on and uh, you'll understand. But like I said, do you, today, just, do you just want to solo the show? I'm happy to just call it a week, let you hey. just do a rant. I mean, you're, you're feeling yourself right now. I'm just saying, I'm slash. Slash is known for his solo, so I can do that if you need me to. But um, I, I, I like getting on here, speaking to you and LB. And uh, look, today we're talking about P Dumb on HQ. So I'm, 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 I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. Well, what, what better way to end a week than to be talking Bulls basketball than to be talking Patrick Williams? This is my kind of thing. So hit the like. You see Billy on the screen. Hit the like for us, friends. Um, this will be a fun episode because uh, this is one that I am a topic that I am passionate about a topic that maybe i've misrepresented myself about um maybe some people have misrepresented me on this particular topic like one matthew j peck yesterday on on, on the show which you guys were wild on the show yesterday which is another reason why i decided to do this yeah. just to up the ante just that little bit more but we're talking pat will william what did you just make up matt's middle initial or did you actually know his middle yeah. name no i've asked this question before i don't I, I, it's either I prefer saying either Matt G-Pack or Matt J-Pack. His middle name is neither, but I think it just sounds better. So I, I just want to, I just wanted to be clear that you just threw in a random initial there. It's not actually. We could be. We just don't know. Anyway, I'm sure I've asked him the question. I'm pretty sure it's not, but nonetheless, I, I'm glad we're talking about Pat today too because uh, we touched on him a little bit last week. Uh, Lawrence, who you know we thought paid attention to what we were saying but he just was under the impression that we did a whole show about Patrick Williams last week that was not the case know, we talked man, about DeMar DeRozan we did we did touch yeah. on on Pat um but i think it's worth getting into more i've talked to some people since then and i think they wanted some more clarity be clarity about our thoughts so i'm i'm excited to really dive into it well, shall we dive into it? Because I think this is a fun topic because for a number of different levels, we're going to talk about Pat, his development, all these sorts of things and debate really whether the current situation that he's in is ideal for someone of his you know, stature, his, his role on the team, his skill set, whether this environment is conducive of development for Pat. I certainly have my opinions on that. And then we'll close out and round out the show on extension talks with Pat. If they will happen, should they happen? And if that does happen, what what should the number be? I know you guys touched on that yesterday, but I think it's a relevant conversation because we obviously this time last week we were talking about Demar and his extension. Um, that's probably going to be the biggest thing we as Bulls fans need to consider over the next few months. And similarly for Patrick Williams, who is extension eligible up until the season starts, I believe, off the top of my head. 
that'll be another interesting storyline as well. Does Pat get the extension now before restricted free agency or do, do both sides not come to a deal, not come to a conclusion and let him hit restricted free agency much in the way Kobe White did this last offseason? So uh, Pat Williams, for a lot of ways, is going to be something we continuously talk about. But um, let's start with the de- development piece, William, and particularly this one, because this is what I constantly see among the Bulls fan base talking about how he's being held back, that DeMar being around is not good for Patrick Williams. Zach being around is not good for Patrick Williams. Vooch being around is not good for Patrick Williams. Billy being around is not good for for Patrick Williams. Seemingly, all these things are not good for Patrick Williams. But uh, I disagree, but I'm interested to get your thoughts um, on if this is the right and most conducive environment for Patrick Williams to improve and develop. Okay, so I think there's a lot that goes into this. The first thing I want to say is to clarify a little bit what we talked about last week, which was that, you know, we both kind of agreed that if the Bulls are going to have another level, if they're going to be able to take a step beyond like maxing out at a first round playoff series, Patrick Williams needs to like level up. He needs to be a dude. And I think the other thing that we said was it doesn't make sense to give Patrick the ball right now and let him, you know, basically just get practice reps at being the dude when there's one guys that are much better than him on the court and two, the bulls main and only motivation right now is to make the playoffs. Um, But I think those two things can be true at the same time, right? Like the bulls still need Patrick Williams to develop. And ideally he becomes like a, you know, 15, 20 point per game scorer. That would be amazing. But also he's not ready to be that yet. And the rest of the guys on the team are not going to wait around for that to happen. And, and nor should they, because again, the motivation is not, I, I think really the simplest way to boil it down is like the motivation with this team right now is not to develop Patrick. It's to win games. And I don't think you can do both of those at the same time. Um, at, at the very least, you can't do that in the sense that you want to give him the ball and let him learn how to score 20 a game. So I think that's an important distinction. Um, I don't know, maybe you disagree, but I feel like the the thing that's best for the long-term health of the organization is to try to get him to that point, that point where he can be more of an offensive creator. I don't think that will be the case, and I don't think that they have constructed the roster, the plan, the, like, just everything has not been oriented towards that. So I don't think it will happen, even though I think that's what would be best, and I just wanted to make that clarification. Um, so... Oh, maybe. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I don't know if, if I don't know if that would be the best. And I don't even know if we were in a rebuilding situation that Pat would necessarily be getting these on ball reps anyway, because presumably if you're in a rebuild, obviously no, no DeMar, potentially no Zach. You're bringing in other young guys. I'm assuming some of these other young guys that you're bringing in are on ball creators. Perhaps they're further along in terms of their on ball creation. Maybe Kobe's getting more on ball reps at that point. So even at that point, when you're rebuilding around a younger team, around younger guys, like he's still Pat getting those opportunities. Maybe, maybe it's more than what he's clearly getting now. Sure, but is he still going to be someone that is getting you know those on-ball reps to the point where he can go out and you know force up 20, 20 shots or whatever it might be, or running exclusively pick and roll sort of thing, being the lead creator? I'm not sure if that would be the thing, but that would be happening regardless. And I don't know if I would want that to happen, to be honest with you, because I guess my 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 thinking here is. If you have that skill already or some scope to have that skill, 
even around Demar, Zach, Vooch, whatever it may be, like naturally that or organically that skill would sort of come out, I guess. We see it with Kobe. We see it with others, but we haven't necessarily seen, seen it with Pat. And maybe that's just because he just doesn't have it yet. And to your point, he needs to develop that. But I, I, I don't think this idea that if the balls were in a rebuild and Pat was just given more of an opportunity that that opportunity would come in him being a pick and roll guy or something like that. Cause like I said, presumably I would hope at least you would have other, you know, quality talent running through this organization at the same time. And those guys might be taking on ball reps. Like as an example, let's say Patrick Williams, he was in Houston right now. We would be confident that Patrick Williams would be getting a lot of opportunities there to be running pick and roll and doing his thing. Or would he be sort of be, would he still be the third or fourth guy playing off that Jalen Green and Alperun Shengun pick and roll? Like, or in OKC or in San Antonio, whatever the situation may be. Like, I don't think we should just assume that uh, Pat in a different situation is getting all these on-ball reps that some people think he would be. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think if you're in a situation without, like the, the argument here is, and I'm not saying I fully buy into this, but the argument I think is like, if you remove DeMar from the Bulls and you don't replace him with anybody, you need somebody to fill that usage. And I think ideally in that scenario, Pat steps up and at least takes a piece of it. Um, and I do think that would be ideal for his development. Um, I don't think that would be ideal for the Bulls winning games. And I don't necessarily think it would necessarily translate to him becoming this star. But I do think we need to see what that looks like. Um, but I think if you were in a situation like the Rockets, let's say, where you bring in you know a point guard and you have a bunch of this young talent. I think the idea is to try to build an offense that is conducive to all of their growth. And I think we have become accustomed to watching a lot of isolation, a lot of pick and roll, because that's the offense that the Bulls run. But I don't think that's how that's necessarily how an offense has to run. And in fact, I think the Bulls should move away from that. I think that's been my largest criticism of the roster construction of you know, the talent on the team and the way that it's the offense has been uh, developed strategically, that there isn't enough of that ball movement and that motion and that sort of egalitarian offense that I think would be helpful. And even if they, you know, implemented some of that now with Patrick on the team alongside DeMar and Zach and Vooch, I think that would benefit him. So I think that's just like a larger issue with the roster construction and the offense. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think you need to, if you want to see what he has, you need to give him an opportunity to do that. Again, I also think it's on him for not just going out there and being good enough to earn that. Like you said, kind of it will organically come out if he's good enough to warrant that. I think that's that's true, but I also think the Bulls need to create an environment where he feels more comfortable doing that. Um, it may not be in his personality, especially playing alongside these some of these guys, but I think it's just like all parties need to do a better job there. Yeah, I guess. But like if we're making all these concessions for Pat, like we're making this environment that's all conducive for him, then I I mean, does he warrant all of this investment to change things around? We don't know. That's the point. Like we will never know unless we start to see it. And there have been games where the rest of the guys have sat out. Um, You know, obviously, like everybody likes to point the finger to that Minnesota game, game 82 of the 2021-22 season, which was like two years ago now. But he's had other bigger games, uh, you know. The I think I think it was the Mavs game. He had, you know, a really um, good output when Zach 
and uh, Demar were out. And I just, I think you need to create, you need to carve out some usage, but again, I think some of that's also on him. I just, I don't think you can like place the blame on one side or another. I think everybody needs to do a better job. And I also think it's important that we do find some of this stuff out. And if the only way to do that is to feed him, then you probably need to feed him because as we've talked about, like the ship is sinking and if there is any life raft, it's Pat. And you got to see if that, you know, life raft or whatever is, has oxygen in it and can float. See, I disagree. I think the only way this life raft, if we're using that analogy can float is if Pat can grow with this current group. But if we're saying that we need to clear the way, maybe, you know, get rid of Damar, you have to get him more on ball reps. We've talked about how he plays when Damar, Zach, even Vooch aren't there. If you have to get rid of all these pieces for him to feel compelled into being something more than what he has been, you have to almost force him into that situation in the same way we almost had to force Lowry into certain situations previously, you, you know, five years ago. Then that's not ideal either because you're removing all these all these chess, chess pieces that you know put you in situations where you're playing meaningful basketball. We can we can all lament about the ball situation as much as we want, and the fact that this team is still on a trajectory where they're probably in the play-in probably you know any winning with anywhere between 40 and 45 games something like that like that's not what we all ultimately want it's not contender stuff it's not championship stuff but it's still somewhat meaningful basketball but if you start removing demar you maybe you're moving on from zach because of whatever reason and at that point you're like you're, you're feeding pat more uh more basketballs or more more opportunities to to do stuff like okay cool you, you've done that but then you've removed this i guess uh you know, competitive landscape of being a competitive team, I suppose. So at that point, yeah, maybe you're finding out that Pat could be okay or good or very good or maybe even great. But then what are we doing thereafter? I guess that's that's the thing. So for well, me, I think... like I, I just need to see Pat grow in this current role because that's where that lifeboat analogy really takes takes new life, I guess. And that's when we're really cooking with gas. But um and I'm I think interested in a scenario of just looking what Pat can do without all these other guys. Yeah, I think to me it's more that I think they're headed that way anyway, and that the rebuild is going to get pretty ugly the longer we wait to determine whether Patrick can be a part of the next Bulls core. Um, because, yeah, if you're, if you're just, like, getting rid of everybody just for Pat, I think that's probably wrong. But if you're getting rid of guys to accumulate assets and start building towards something else, which is, I think, you know, the real reason why we would do this um, – while also clearing up some usage. And again, we've seen it. And and this is where I think we are in full alignment. Like we've seen guys like Kobe, for example, or even like, you know, lower level examples like Javante really take advantage and be high level contributors next to the core three players. Right. And I, I don't think we've necessarily seen that from Patrick on an offensive end, but what I wanted to spend some time talking about today uh, is the development that we have seen from him. And I think, this idea that he is just this, this guy who's like floating around and doesn't belong. And it was a complete bust of a fourth overall pick. I think that's just like pretty misguided. I think the points per game thing, like Ricky O'Donnell says this on cash considerations a lot. And I totally agree. Like the points per game thing is like not really a valuable way to necessarily, um, I'm saying that a lot today. It's not necessarily a valuable way to, you know, assign value to a guy, but like we do want to see more offensive creation from Pat. And I think that's sort of the output there. Um, 
but I do think he has really grown on the defensive end. We've seen a lot of growth from him shooting the ball. He can be much better. And I think he still has a lot more room to grow in those areas, but so far he has really turned himself into a high level, big wing three and D player. And that's a super valuable player to have. Um, And I just, I think that gets lost in translation at times because the fourth overall pick, you know, he should be scoring 20 a night. That's that part's not there yet. And I think that part is going to be a little bit harder to develop. I think he could do a better job, but I think it's also harder for him to develop um, when the usage just isn't there. Uh, But I do think he has grown a lot in on the defensive end as a help defender, um, as a rim protector and as a three point shooter um, and a floor spacer. And I think that goes pretty unnoticed. All fair, but uh, I want to contest this idea that he's not developing or can't develop or anything like that nature because that's what we want to get into today. Today's show is all about Patrick Williams and development. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. But uh, another way, William, for people to develop is to head over to Lewis University and really expand their minds. So can you tell our friends about how they can do that? Tremendous segue there. And if you want to learn more about how to pull off amazing segues like that, you should check out Lewis University, which is made for students that are just like you with full-time jobs, families, and of course, who are full-time Patrick Williams and Chicago Bulls fans. So if you want to go back to school and earn a respected degree at Lewis University, you should check out Lewis University at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. Lewis University is located just 35 miles south of Chicago in Romeoville. It is ranked as one of US News and World Report's top tier colleges. And they partner with a ton of employers for tuition discounts. And they have evening classes online and blended formats to help you balance work and all of your other responsibilities. They also prioritize bringing in real real world experience and instruction into the classroom, which can really help uh, jumpstart and is very relevant to whatever career it is that you decide to go into. Um, They have graduate programs, they have undergraduate programs. So if you're looking to complete a bachelor's or a master's or a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. They have criminal justice, data science, cybersecurity, business analytics. They also have undergraduate courses in computer science, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, technology programs, and more. So to discover how a degree from Lewis University can help you build a better world, check out lewisu.edu slash you can do this. One more time, that's lewisu.edu slash you can do this. Thank you, William. And another thing you can do, friends, is head over to our or head over and support our friends at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. And when you do, if you use promo code CHGO25, you'll receive 25% off your orders. And you can certainly thank me later for that, friends, because it is Friday. It is a fun Friday. It's the Friday afternoon. We're heading into the weekend. And what better way to do that than to really elevate your weekend rather than you know just going out there and exploring, discovering, finding new blends of beautiful, beautiful, sweet cannabis. And you can do that all at Sunnyside. So... Uh, they are, they are the number one, the best Illinois, uh, Illinois dispensary. There's no other better place to go. Take it for me, friends. <laughs> Particularly given the way I'm looking today, you can be sure that after this, this is exactly where I'm going. Jumping on the website, Sunnyside.shop, and using promo code CHDO25. They got so many amazing blends. I'm not going to name them all because there's too many to name. And frankly, just throw them all in your car. Why not? Try them all. Thank, again, thank me later. But William, is there a particular Chicago athlete that has just made your week absolutely 
chef's kiss. We're heading into the weekend, full of good vibes here in Chicago. Is there a particular guy that sort of lifted or elevated your mood, your vibe right now? I would have to go with shout out to Cody, CHGO Cody, uh, Mike Talkman, the summer of Talkman. That is what's taken me through this week. That is the correct answer. You know, you know, if you know, you know, but if you do also, you know, head over to the locker. Look at that beautiful thing. Look at it. Look at it. Summer of Mike Talkman. Go get Obvious shirts and CHGO collaboration. You love to see it. What a collaboration. Another great collaboration, CHGO and Sunnyside. So like I said, friends, use promo code CHGO25 for 25% off at checkout. You can use it on, on any order, whether you're a new customer, whether you're a returning customer. It doesn't matter. Only condition is it's not stackable with other promotions, in addition to obviously the fact that you need to be above 21 or an Illinois med card holder. But other than that, if you meet that criteria, friends, then like I said, CHGO25, and get your hands on some sweet, beautiful cannabis from Sunnyside. All right. More Patrick Williams talk. I can't take you seriously right now, dude. <laughs> Is that a general statement? <laughs> or just it's so hard. It's so hard. All right. Keep going. Keep going. I'll pull it together. Uh, I look, well, um, you're not the first person to tell me that. Oh, I mean, I, so I thought my Sunnyside like, was kicking in. I thought my Sunnyside was kicking in when I, came, when I saw his face for the first time. I mean, it's... The sunny side is kicked over here. It's kicked in over here. You look like just kind of a floating head too because you can't see your shoulders behind the wig. It's just the whole thing is such a look. (laughs) Uh, Again, if people want to figure out what we're talking about, jump onto onto YouTube, see what we're on. Come follow us over here on YouTube. Those of you who consume your podcast via the audio means, we appreciate that. Most certainly, become support us at CHDO via YouTube. Uh, But William... Let's continue talking about Patrick. And this, this, is, this is what I want to get into. This is the meat of the conversation because, like I said before, from the top, people just assume that Pat isn't developing, that he hasn't developed, that the, the situation that he's in right now is not conducive to development. And I want to push back on every single notion that relates to that because I think this, in some respects, is the perfect place for Patrick Williams to develop his game. Everyone likes to make the Kawhi Leonard comparison about how, how Pat is the next Kawhi Leonard. But the, the thing that they miss in that comparison is that Kawhi Leonard went to an organization that let him develop initially as a role guy, let him develop those foundational skills around really, really good players, around really good coaching, which I know people will laugh at because, you know, I'm comparing, well, I'm not necessarily comparing Billy Donovan to uh, to uh, Greg Popovich, but obviously people will make that comparison in, based on the words that I just used. I'm not suggesting that, but what I'm saying is, I think Pat coming into a winning situation, let's say, like the Bulls are at, playing around guys, learning from guys like Demar, Vooch, Zach, others, Alex Caruso. Like, has does Pat become the defensive player he is right now without being in camp, being in training, being around Alex Caruso day in day out? I, I don't know if that happens. If if Pat is in a situation like I said, like the Houston Rockets, where there's no accountability, guys are doing whatever they want. Has he, is, has he developed his defensive game the way he has now sort of thing? So I actually think Pat landing in the situation where he has on a team that's trying to win basketball games has been conducive to him de- developing those foundational skills, much in the way Kawhi did in those first two to three years he, where he was in San Antonio. Once he had those base foundational skills, they allowed him to free reign and become that star that he ultimately became. And when he took over 
and I'm not suggesting again that Patty's going to beat Kawhi. The point here is people just assume rookies going into winning situations where they can't get into pick and roll, they can't get jumpers, they have to be off ball, do this, do that. Their points per game numbers aren't necessarily rising, that they're not developing or that this isn't good for the player. And I don't agree with that at all as a high-level general statement. So I actually think this is a good situation for Pat because this 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 situation right now, I, I personally don't think he doesn't have... I don't think he has the tools to be an on-ball guy right now. The, 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 the ball handling is not there. I don't think the mentality is there for him to be that player. So allowing guys like DeMar and Zach to be that while he learns those other facets of the game, like defense, hopefully like rebounding coming into this season, certainly learning how to be a good catch-and-shoot shooter, things that he will need throughout the rest of his career, not just now. I think this is actually a great situation for Pat. What's Yeah, and I... I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I think the Spurs example is, as uh, Dom Toretto, shout out to the family, is uh, pointing out here in, in the chat, that like the that was like the beautiful offense. I mean, it was like the, the Spurs championship beautiful offense teams where it was like infamously the best ball-moving teams where there was more opportunity. And I think... I think Patrick really has developed and I don't want that part of this to, to not, you know, get enough recognition, but I, but I also think that the offensive creation has not really had enough chance to develop. Um, I'm not saying he necessarily deserves it. And I'm not saying that there has been zero opportunity for him to do that because I think there is opportunity for him to do that. And we haven't seen it. And that's again, where I do place some blame on Patrick. Um, attacking closeouts, like swing side to side, you know, there are, there is not on the court with all three of DeMar, Zach and Vooch every single minute he's out there. So I do think that there's opportunity for him to do more. And I don't think he's capitalized on that, but I also think that like, yes, this is a, a destination for him as a draft prospect to come in and develop a foundation of skills but I don't think it's necessarily helped him build his like ball handling and, you know, ball movement and pull up shooting. Like, I just, I just don't think he's gotten enough of an opportunity and I don't think he's necessarily earned that playing alongside these guys, but I also don't think he is going to like, I don't think anything's necessarily going to change with that until there is some more usage for him to, to kind of go after. Um, And he has to be the one that does it, but um, yeah, I just, I think to me, the important piece here is that he really has developed a foundation that is going to be like a very valuable player, whether or not he becomes a primary scoring option, a secondary scoring option, you know, a guy that can create his own shot or not. Like he is a very valuable player at a very valuable position and his tools are just super valuable. I mean, he's incredibly athletic. As we all know, he's long, he's super strong. Um, but I was just looking up some numbers here, uh, the other day and I wanted to give some context. So since over the last 10 seasons, uh, 14 times has a player average, or I'm sorry, has a player gotten over 70 steals, 70 blocks and made 115 threes. Patrick did it this past year. It's Robert Covington, Jaron Jackson Jr., Nick Batum, DeMarcus Cousins, Danny Green, Cat, Kawhi, LeBron, KD. So these are like either super high-level scorers or super high-level role players. And I think Patrick obviously fits closer to the role aspect of it. But I do think it speaks to his 
tools and instincts. Like, you know, the counting stats are what they are, but to be able to accumulate those defensive numbers, I think does uh, speak to his abilities there. He's also, he was the only player in the league with a steal rate uh, above or at 1.5, a block rate above or at 2.5, his was 2.9, and a three-point percentage above 40% on 40% three-point attempt rate. So a high-volume, high-efficiency three-point shooter who gets a lot of blocks and a lot of steals, who's 6'7", who's a good athlete, who understands timing well, who can defend big wings, that's a super valuable player. And I, I really just like, I think you can build on that. Like, I think if we're talking about giving Patrick an opportunity to build confidence, to uh, add more and develop his offensive skill set, like you need to be able to have this foundation to be able to get into that next step. We'll see whether he can do that, whether this is the right environment for him to do that or not. But like the foundation is absolutely there. And I think, yeah, it's just like the points per game. People get frustrated and don't recognize like the strides that he actually has made because he's been super valuable as a big wing three and D guy. And I mean, every single team in the league is after one of those players. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, this is the way I prefer rookies being developed. And it's, it's a matter of preference. It's a matter of, you know, personal, personal beliefs, philosophy, whatever it might be. But I would rather my guys learn you know, small increments on situations that matter rather than just being the, giving the keys to do whatever they want on, in a losing situation. And maybe that makes sense for certain players. Like uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of someone who uh, – if you get drafted to the Orlando Magic, let's say, as an example, and you're like in your Paolo Bancaro and your primary skill is being an on-ball creator, being an on-ball scorer, then being in a situation like that makes sense. Whereas for Pat, who doesn't necessarily have those skills, who's trying to accumulate multiple skills, offensively, defensively, all those sorts of things, you want him to come along slowly because he is somewhat of a project. Then I think getting into the situation that he's in right now with the Bulls is actually conducive. Like for all the reasons you noted, uh, the things that he's been able to or allow to be developed in, in the way he's been developed, I think is foundational. Now, having said that, if the reverse was true and the Bulls were tanking and Pat was getting up 15, 20 shots, is he developing his defensive acumen the same way he is now? Like, does he have the stamina to do so? Because maybe he's pulling, putting, you know, 90% of his energy into the offensive end. And yeah, sure, maybe he's developing his pull-up there. Maybe he's developing his, his ball handling in those situations. But are the other facets of his game, which are equally important for with that wing positions coming along too? So I guess it's, you could argue one way or another, for me personally, I, I do think this is the right spot for for for, uh, for Pat. And like, I, I get the alternative view as well. Our guy here in the, in the comments, Renewable and Rechargeable Review, saying Billy needs a few rubber chickens thrown at him. I don't get the reference with around rubber chickens. Maybe that's an American sentence. But nonetheless, Billy needs a few rubber chickens thrown his way for how he's developed or lack thereof of how I'm, he's used Pat. I'm going to quickly uh, butt in. Yes. People are saying that you look a little bit like Sven Gulli. Now, I'm guessing you don't know who Sven Gulli is. It's a Chicago, um, <laughs> he's like on local TV here in Chicago. And it, if, if you see Demond here has now changed his profile pic to right. Sven Gulli with, I'm not sure who that is, but so you've got a bit of a Sven Gulli thing. So one of Sunday's things was he would throw rubber chickens at uh, at the TV screen. Uh, so it all comes uh, together. 
There you go. That thank you, Triple R, for that. That's hilarious. Appreciate. It. <laughs> well, I mean, how do I get back onto my my point around here about Pat? But the yeah, thing is, like, there's this perception that, are being that Pat isn't being developed or Billy isn't developing Pat because he's been put in the wrong situation or he's not using him correctly. But I, I fine if you think that you can, but I I completely disagree with that because I think Pat has shown that he has developed this season. And this is the irony that I get called the Pat Williams hater that I, and maybe that's somewhat fair because I do like to mock his fans, his stand base, but I do think he took some steps this past season. And you just read off the numbers. Why? Because his defensive game did come along this season. His catch and shoot game certainly came along. And to your point before, the fact that he sort of established these base level skills not only serves the purpose for what his role is right now, but will serve him in good stead for the for the years to come. So this idea that he hasn't developed or the Bulls haven't developed him or that Billy Donovan has done bad or, you know, ill will to Pat Will, I, I just don't agree with at all because I think he has developed and will continue to develop. And I think being in this situation, and this is the key thing for me, everyone loves to bang on about how Pat being in LA, working out with DeMar, we, we love to, we love to talk about this topic this time of year when there's nothing happening. The IG videos are doing their thing. People are getting overly aroused by nine second video clap uh, video clips of Patrick Williams hitting open jumpers. But like, isn't this a good thing that he's being surrounded with DeMar DeRozan or Zach or Vooch, whomever it may be Caruso real professionals learning and understanding basketball from players that actually matter compared to say the last iteration of balls that were here four or five years ago, Pat Wendell, Kobe at the time, Chris Dunn, insert whatever name you want to from four or five years where they had no vets. They had no one to lean on. They had Fred Hoiberg and Jim Boylan as their coach. You're now in a situation where you're Patrick Williams. Not only do you have Billy Donovan as coach, which I understand people don't like for whatever reason, and I'm not sitting here saying he's the next Greg Popovich or he is Greg Popovich, but he's a good coach. Isn't that not a better situation for Pat to be in? to develop under the tutelage of Billy, to be surrounded by that little level of mentorship, on-the-court mentorship by guys like DeMar and whatnot, and then being in a scenario where he is the guy playing next to Kobe with a bunch of other young guys and trying to find their way. Like, I don't think that's development either. So, I don't know, William. I'm just uh, – th- this idea that then that, that moving on from DeMar – Will, will enable Patrick Williams and make things better for Patrick Williams for development. I, I kind of think the counter, the, the reverse is true too. Like being next to DeMar all these seasons has helped uh, Patrick Williams develop his game. Yeah, and I think that's where the real sort of disagreement lies. Like I, I know you get a lot of hate for like hating on Patrick, but it's really more that like you just don't think he's there yet. And I think the people on the other side of that argument are basically saying, you know, at some point you got to take off the training wheels and see if he can get there. And so it's, it's really just a matter of like, at what point do you side decide that you want to take off the training wheels, training wheels. And I think you're not quite ready to do that. I think some people are ready to do that. I think some of that has to do with the context of the team where they're headed. Uh, like, you know, are we really going to sit around and watch the Zach Damar Vooch big three for three more seasons? And like, at that point, I think it becomes a little egregious to not, you know, start to discover what Patrick Williams is, but, um, you know, Ali, the God in the comments, $90 million for a Robert Covington clone. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the 
um, the extension piece of it, because that's obviously coming up, but like Robert Covington has been sought after for the vast majority of his career. He's been traded multiple times for multiple draft picks and he signed in 2018, a four year, $47 million deal, which as that at that point was like 12% of the salary cap, a, a $20 million deal for Patrick would be 14% of the salary cap. And that's yeah. for a guy who is a little bit younger who has, I think we can all agree, a little bit more offensive upside, even though he hasn't shown it yet. But you're you're paying him for not only what you hope that he be, he can become, but also what he is today. And I think what he is today is a very valuable role player with a lot of upside. And you know, it remains to be seen when or if he'll be able to show that upside or reach that upside. But it's there for now. And I think that 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 number would be more than fine with me yeah and, and to that point like if if prime robert covington was in the league right now and was a free agent he's he's getting 90 mil pretty easy we just saw josh hart get 481 yesterday rob robert covington was better than josh hart he would have he would have been signing a four-year 100 million dollar deal at least now cam johnson just he, signed a four four 100 yeah, for sure. And I, I get CJRT's point here in the comments as well that Pat Will isn't even Robert Robert Covington yet, which is fair. He certainly isn't. But at this stage of Pat's, I guess, tenure, his contract I... cycle, all these sorts of things. I mean, I understand he's 21 at the moment. In two weeks' time, he will be 22 and we never have to listen to the, about the fact that he's 21 anymore. Thank, thank freaking God. But nonetheless, like he's still young enough to where people will be paying him on potential, which we'll get into in a little bit, William. But... Uh, I, I just don't think people need to get their heads around these numbers that are coming out from a contract point of view. And you're right to quote the percentage of cap because that is the most important thing to quote. I, I don't want to hear about these numbers in, you know, in, in absolutes, whether it's 90 million, 300 million in relation to Jalen Brown, any of that, like it doesn't matter unless you're quoting percentage of caps. Like that's the thing that matter. So I understand that, that there's a transition period that everyone needs to get their head around on this and these players are making just stupid, stupid, crazy money. I mean, Derek Rose's max contract 10 years ago, whatever it was, it was like a five-year $90 million deal or something like that. I think Jimmy Butler, the deal that he signed was like a five-year $90 million max contract extension. So in comparison to that, yeah, Pat making five years $90 million would be obscene, but we're not comparing the you know, same salary caps. But um, I'll get off that rant. Uh, William... <laughs> Should we move along? But we're going to continue talking about Pat. Well, we sort of organically started talking contract. And I think that's probably where the conversation heads here next. We've talked about who he is as a player, the development piece, all that sort of stuff. But like I said from the top, one of the more interesting things to be thinking about, to be talking about something we will be continuously talking about until it happens, even after it happens, is Patrick Williams' extension. But before that, I want to tell everyone about our friend at Chaderos. You can see uh, me today, friends. I'm wearing some some shades. Unfortunately, they're not Shady Ray sunglasses. And because of that, I look stupid. You can tell. <laughs> it's definitely the glasses that are making me look different, like just dumb right now. That's definitely what it is. So if you don't want to look dumb like me, if you don't want to be wearing just bad designer glasses that just don't make sense on your head for whatever reason, they just don't fit, they don't look good, they're too expensive, why not head over to Shady Ray's where you can get yourself... Just some absolutely fantastic sunnies. Not only are you getting like premium polarized shades, William, but you're getting sunglasses that look just as good as any of those designer brands, but even better, you're getting them at an affordable price. And I said even better. Well, I'm, I'm going to one-up that, William. This is even better. 
these other designer brands, this brand that I'm wearing on my head right now, if I broke these right now, they've got no lost and broken replacement policy. But our friends at Shady Rays do. So if you've just been on, on stage, you've been ripping solos, you're done with your show, and you just throw in your hat, you're throwing your glasses because you're all done. The show is done. You know what you can do? You can get some new sunnies by just going on to ShadyRays.com, saying to your friends over there and saying, hey, I lost and broke my sunnies. What can you do? What can you do? Can you help me out, friends? Do you know what they'll say? They'll say, yeah, we can. Because we're Shady Rays and that's what we do for our customers. Over 250,000 people online have given Shady Rays <laughs> the Axel Rose Dingo, including the Axel Rose Dingo, have given Shady Rays 250,000 people, including Axel Rose Shady Ray Dingo, have given Shady Rays a five star review. So if you don't believe me, if you don't believe Will, if you don't believe LB or Axel Rose, Shady Ray Dingo, then believe those 250,000 people who have said Shady Rays is the place to go. So friends, if you want to do that, head over to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try them out for yourself and look as cool as Shady Rays, Axel Rose, Dingo thingy that LB just drew up. That's just production wizardry. By LB. Thank you, sir. Thank you. William. I had to do it. <laughs> That's why we pay you the big dollars, my friend. Hey. That's why we pay you the big I dollars. I feel like I can't read any ads today the way that you're <laughs> cooking right now. I think you should just probably go ahead and take the rest for me. All right. What do we got next? We got <laughs> we got I'm Circle K. All right. You want to do Circle K? You do I'll circle do Circle K. K. I'll do Circle K because we are very excited to be sponsored by our partners at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K for all the best coffee, beer, drinks, snacks, and premium premium gas. So look out for freebies and giveaways down the road. They've got everything you need. If you are Matt Peck this weekend going on a camping trip, I know he made a pit stop at a Circle K to pick up some snacks and gas on the way out. So a big thank you to Circle K for sponsoring CHGO and make sure to visit the nearest Circle K to pick up all your favorite finds. Whilst we're making a stop here, William, we may as well make a stop over to FOCO. I know it's for later on, but let's just do it now. Tell the people about FOCO. FOCO is where you get fitted out in the best sports gear around. As soon as you're done checking out the CHGO merch locker, you head to FOCO.com and you get fitted out with everything from hoodies to shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in betwixt. It's baseball season. Football season's coming up. Get a Bears shirt. Get a Cubs shirt. Get a Sox shirt. Even though the Sox are kind of awful right now, you're still a fan, and you can still support them. They've got straw hats, polos, bags, and everything you need for a game. They also hooked it up with some set decorations for us, which we really appreciate at the CHGO studios. So check out foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. That's a pretty good deal. Pretty good. That's a damn good deal. That's, That's a, a damn, damn good, good, deal. good deal. Speaking about deals, what do we think Patrick Williams <laughs> will land in next You are today. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we sort of touched on it before when we were talking about the Robert Covington thing and, you know, 90 million, whatever the number might be. But, like, 
you, you and you mentioned a, a really good fact similar Cameron Johnson now granted Cameron Johnson's probably better than Pat at the moment has played in more meaningful basketball uh that's actually a really good example for what I was saying before like does Cameron Johnson develop the way he has if he lands in a different situation other than the Suns where he's playing and winning basketball pretty much straight away but nonetheless I digress Cameron Johnson four years 100 and something mil made that bang. 94. Oh, let's just round it up. I'm rounding up. It's Fun Friday, William. Come on, dude. He made so much money. These guys are the cap is going up. The cap next year, 142 million. To your point before, 14% of that cap is a, a large number, you know, just absolute number wise. But it's going to be a fair value contract, which you guys talked about before. So I'm expecting Pat to sign an extension. I'm hopeful that they get an extension done now because I think there is some scope for Pat maybe outplaying what a potential extension could look like this summer because I think 20 million per next next season, let's say. Let's say the extension happens now. He signs four for 80 or five for 100, something like that. He gets 20 million average annual value for Patrick Williams. To me, a $20 million contract going into next season and beyond is like fourth, fifth level starter. Even some bench guys are going to be earning $20 million. Pat is kind of already that guy. If you don't believe that he's a starter, which I'm not necessarily convinced of just yet, but I certainly think he's a sixth or seventh man. Those dudes are still getting paid 15, 20 million bucks. So I would like to sign Pat now just because I think there's probably value to be had because one, the cap's going up. Two, you don't really want him to get into free agency because who knows what teams are going to throw at him from that perspective and you probably have to be in a matching scenario at that point but for all the reasons we've talked about and for what you noted before around his block and steal rate the fact that he's become a good catch and shoot three-point shooter the volume isn't where it needs to be but certainly the accuracy is teams are going to pay for that there was a report going around last week or earlier this week that uh, the, the Philadelphia 76ers who are shaping up to be a cap space team next season are preparing to pay OG Ananobi more than 30 million annually next next uh, offseason I, I guess the point is big wings who can defend, who can shoot. These guys get paid. So if we can get Patrick Williams locked up now to you know eighteen or twenty million dollars, I think that's a fine and reasonable contract. For some reason, that seems like a like I said a reasonable take to me. But there are fans out there who think that's a bit uh, exorbitant, a bit too silly to be giving someone like Pat uh, that type of deal. But um, can you maybe smarten them up, wisen them up, William? Well, I can certainly try. I mean, you look at some of the numbers that have gone around this offseason. Um, Herb Jones, 53 million, 54 million over four years. I believe that's exactly the same contract uh, that Grant Williams got, four for 53. Um, so there are examples of guys who are maybe a little bit lower level um, power forwards who maybe aren't quite as versatile in terms of the role that they can play or don't have as much upside. And then you have guys like Cameron Johnson who signed, you know, the 495, um, Josh Hart with the 480. Like these guys are obviously in their primes. They're 28 years old. They're playing at the peak of their powers. Um, and they've really developed their game and gone from situations where they were kind of more primary role guys and now have stepped into larger roles. Um, I think you can look at Mikhail Bridges as another example where he's making $20 million a year now, and it looks like an absolute steal. Um, and it is. So I think obviously Patrick's not as good as any of those guys right now, but again, you're paying him for the contributions that he makes. You're paying him for the contributions that you hope he can ultimately 
make. And also, um, to your point, Mark, which I think is a really good one, other teams around the league are going to be high bidders right now. Like, that's the player that they're after. And obviously, I think the Bulls are going to do whatever they can to lock up Patrick. He's going to be a priority of this team. Like, I mean, look at what Jeremy Grant just got. Like, teams are going to be paying big money to these kinds of players. And the Bulls are either going to have to get in defense mode where, yeah, maybe they let another team set the market, but then they're going to match or they just come to terms on a deal, uh, hopefully before the start of the season at a number that is maybe even a better deal than what he might get, you know, next summer. If he does really explode and averages 15 or 20 points a night, you're looking at a max. And I think if you can get anything done for less than that, then you're in great shape. Um, I I think I don't know how you'd feel about like the timing of it. I kind of just gave my take, but I, I really feel like getting an extension done and I'm not sure Patrick would want to do this, well, but getting an extension yeah. done sooner than later is ideal. I think so. I think that would be ideal for, for a number of different reasons, all of which you just sort of noted, but the, the, the key to this is obviously you need two to tango, so to speak. And I don't know if Pat is much of a dancer, but if he is, I, I would appreciate him putting on those shoes right now and getting out there and doing something with, uh, with AK and trying to land a deal. Now that that would be ideal because I, I do think there is scope for him to get more than $20 million per year. And I think, you know, again, CJ artist in the comments makes a good comparison. Like Rui Hachimura three years, 51 has Pratt proven more than Rui. I don't know if he has, probably not. But I mean, you, obviously, Ruby has more more years under his belt. Had that extra season to earn that earn that contract. But he's much but older like, too. Much like older Patrick's as well. so young for a guy who's going to be on his second contract to lock him up at that number for you know his age 22, 20, or 23, 24, 25, 26, and twenty seven seasons like into his prime. That's that's really valuable. And I think the other thing you can look at is Kobe's contract. They gave him basically 13.3 a year, which is uh, 11 or 12%, 10% of the salary cap this year. So I think Patrick earning a little bit more than that as a better player, but locking him up for longer to where you know they don't have to get him out onto the free agent market again quite as soon. I think that really does benefit you. And I think Patrick's just simply a better player uh, at a more important position. And you, you kind of have to pay that premium. Yeah, I agree. Now, the one counter to that, and you touched on it, and even though I'm suggesting that I think $20 million for Pat going forward would be reasonable because he's a low-level starter on a certain situations and in the ball situation, even if he's coming off the bench, he's the backup power forward, he's your sixth or seventh guy. $20 million is fine. It's not great, but it's fine. You hope you can go into something more. But the counter to that is, and you noted it before, Pat hasn't necessarily proven more than Grant Williams certainly hasn't proven more than, in my opinion at least, compared to P.J. Washington. Yes, those dudes are different players. They're maybe older. Maybe they don't have the scope for potential as Patrick Williams does. But Grant Williams just got a mid-level deal. P.J. Washington remains unsigned. Restricted free agency has certainly worked against him. And even though I said five minutes ago that there will be teams lining up to sign Patrick Williams, maybe not for a max-type contract, but would there be other teams willing to pay you know, Pat $20 million? I think that would be the case. But there's also scope here if that maybe restricted free agency would work against him. So it would be a risk, but is that a risk the Bulls are prepared to take, I suppose, to allow him to get to restricted free agency, actively allow him to get to restricted free agency and hope to get him back on a deal that's even less than 
$20 million because let's just assume that Pat doesn't take another leap or doesn't develop more than what he has this past season, which again, I think he has developed over the last sort of 12 months. Let's say he stays around that same level. Good three and D guy ultimately doesn't win back his starting job is outplayed by Tory Craig. He's not closing games. Alex Caruso is still finishing games at power forward in that scenario. Does Patrick Williams get more than mid-level money? I think so, because you're still looking at a marketplace where guys like him are at a premium. You're still looking at, you know, a situation where if you're another team, you could easily convince yourself, well, exactly what Bulls fans are saying now. Like he hasn't had the opportunity. We we feel like if we gave him, you know, a fresh start in a new situation that was more conducive to developing him, then yeah, maybe we could spend that kind of money because I think if you are willing to take that risk of let's let it get to restricted free agency, maybe that will play against him and we'll get him for 15 million instead of 20. I think you also have to be prepared to match a 25 or $30 million deal that he might sign. And I think that would be a lot more painful than getting the certainty out of the way and just saying, let's do 20 here and now. Obviously, if you can get it cheaper, get it cheaper. But I just don't think they're in a position where they can like try to nickel and dime him because he's too important and he's too, he's got too much potential and he's too good to just let him go for nothing. And I don't think they would do that, but they could certainly put themselves in a situation where, okay, maybe another team offers him 25 or $28 million a a year and you've got to match that. And now Mm -hmm. what does that mean for the rest of your cap and the rest of your ability to add talent And now, you know, one of your highest paid players has not proven that he is really capable of being a franchise player and you're paying him the second or third most dollars on the team. And maybe that means that you can't bring back DeMar and if that's what you want. So I think that could lead to a whole possibility of, um, you know, just negative outcomes where, you know, the the risk does not outweigh the reward of just paying him maybe a little bit more than what you think is palatable right now. Well, the beautiful thing in all this is Pat has control of the entire situation, whether it's his contract, whether it's his development, his output. I, I, again, I know there's people out there that think that he's being limited by others, whether it's the players, whether it's the coach, whatever it might be. But I'm of the opinion that if he shows more, is he's willing to show more, that those around him – I mean, those around him already recognize his talent. Just – you just listen to DeMar DeRozan talk about this dude for two seconds and you can you can already sense the admiration that he has for him or the what he projects him to be. So it's not like these guys don't see the talent or they don't think he can be something. It's more about Pat wanting to show that he can be what others think he can be. I know he's talked the talk before, but now it's time to walk it, I suppose. So this is a big year coming off for Patrick Williams and it all comes back to his mentality, what he wants to be. We've seen him defer... We've seen him be that ultimate team guy. And I love that aspect about Patrick Williams, but there's times where it goes a little too fast. So I do think the scope for him to be more, you know, more within this current situation, I do think this is a great situation for Pat to develop in. And it all comes back to his mentality or, you know, his appetite for destruction, if you will, Williams. So that's, um, let's end the show on that note I'm, I'm, I've had enough to be honest with you this wig and this hat is actually constricting my forehead and it's giving me a, a you know a great headache and the fact that I've been sitting with it on my head for an hour um, and now I've put myself into a headache situation the things that I do for Bulls fans and Patrick Williams you know the then they think you're a do. hater and 
I know, that's the irony, isn't it? But anyways, William, thank you for being you. Thank you for being Thank you for being William. I appreciate it. <laughs> LB, same to you, mate. Thank you for producing and pressing those buttons. I don't know what you're wearing, but what is that atop of your head? Uh, it's a hot dog bucket hat from uh, Wrigley Field from a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> you look great. It's mustard yellow. It looks great, mate. Yeah, it actually matches my shirt too. I'm full, full on Vienna beef today. <laughs> Chicago style as CJRT's. CJRT is getting a lot of mentions of this podcast. Yeah, there you go. LB. Uh, I laughed of... out loud just now when he said "appetite for destruction." Just so you're aware. I mean, that was, that was a good pun. <laughs> Chef's kiss. I don't know if I've done a better podcast. I don't know if I've done a worse podcast. It's possible that it's both. But nonetheless, it was a fun Friday. Thank you all for tuning in. We really certainly appreciate it, particularly in these dog days when there's nothing happening. The fact that people jump on YouTube and they give us a like like Billy Donovan is suggesting here on screen. The fact that people jump on YouTube, watch us here, support us at CHGO, whether they're jumping on the video platform, which I hope they're doing for this episode, whether they're listening to us via podcasts on audio, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your, your podcasts, we'd certainly do appreciate everyone supporting us for what we do at CHGO. It's a little bit different. We try to make things fun. That's what we try to do here at uh, CHGO. And um, we hope that you've had fun on this Friday. But uh, for William at Will underscore Gottlieb, for me at MK Hoops, for us at CHGO underscore Balls, we have been CHGO Balls. Matt and Dave and William will be back on Monday, I believe. I don't know what the schedule looks like. I'm just living in the moment, man. I don't know what it looks like. So they'll be back some stage next week doing their thing. And at that point, friends, jump on YouTube. And come, you know, come watch us. Come do our thing. We'll be talking about bulls. But until then, this has been Bulls. I'll see you at Show Bulls. <laughs> Speak next week, friends. Yeah.